As always, I hope you're doing well today. I've been thinking about the basic concept that Jesus loves to meet us when we're hurting. He doesn't run away from us there, but he actually seems to want to come close to us, to draw near, to be ever-present with us, and how much we need that in the midst of our pain. It, it seems as though, for me, that the scripture of Isaiah 42 has special meaning and a depth that I need to take within my own soul. It begins with saying, here is my servant in whom I delight, my chosen one. And then it says, I will put my spirit upon them. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not put out. I'm sure I've mentioned that text in the past. It's an unbelievably beautiful portrait of the heart of Christ for those that are hurting. I know for me, when I'm hurting, when there's a pain I'm experiencing or a brokenness that I'm aware of, I want to receive the presence of Jesus. I want to receive the strength of Jesus. And certainly, I want to receive the healing power of Jesus. Now, I don't know what you're like, but sometimes when I am struggling with my own issues, I almost have this feeling like I need to go straighten up, get stronger, overcome whatever is bothering me, and then draw close to Christ. But actually, what the Lord wants me to know that it's in those times of brokenness that he draws near. And if only I would turn, symbolically turn, to see his presence and to lean into him. He has this provision for us. And we call it grace, which is true in general, but I also think there is, if you will, a very specific, specific form of grace that he often brings our way in particular times when we are struggling. I'd like to share with you a story, and I know I've told it numerous times over the years in different settings, but it was truly quite a powerful moment for me. As some of you know, I've spent, I've spent a lot of years dealing with anxiety, the fruit of trauma that had occurred earlier in my life. I learned to live with it and live around it, but there were times that it would grab me with such force that I didn't know what I was going to do. And some of those times would be in the middle of the night and I would wake up and I would maybe go downstairs and I would pray alone. And sometimes I would stand at a wall with my hands outstretched on the wall, just calling out to the Lord. And I remember on one of those occasions that my cry to the Lord was simply, why, Lord? Why? Why? Why am I like this? Why does it linger? Why won't it go away? And deep in my own heart, 
I felt like I heard him say the same word three times. Brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. Now, I have to be honest. I, I sensed that it was the Lord, but I certainly was not pleased, happy, or satisfied with that particular response. It's similar, you know, what they say is the key to buying a house. Always understand location, location, location. And it kind of felt like this. What's what's going on with me? Brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. But over time, I began to realize that the Lord was sharing with me that that my issues were really related to three different types of brokenness that then demand, if you will, three different responses of grace. Part of the brokenness is the fact that, well, I live, we live in a world that, well, it's not supposed to be this way. This wasn't our father's plan. Our first parents made a choice for which they are guilty, and yet we bear the fruit of it because we live in a world where sin has reached its ugly talons into everything it means to be human. And so there are times when we look at circumstances of poverty, of disease, of violence, and we've got to recognize that our Father is not pleased with this. This isn't the world that he intended. But our choice, and many choices, to live in ways that are not consistent with him, have ushered into our world the fruit of many bad things. And as a result of that, we can get discouraged. I remember, it's been well over a decade, one of my dearest friends, a doctor, he got cancer and he didn't last a year. He died. His name was Tom. We were very close. And deep inside, crying out why and me praying for him and asking God to reverse this. And yet he was ushered into the eternal kingdom. And it was because of the general brokenness that is part of the world in which we live. And therefore, we need, if you will, saving grace. Saving grace. The grace of Jesus that has caused him to come into our world, to meet us in the midst of our brokenness, to redeem our lives, as it says in Ephesians 2, to draw us close to the kingdom, to be recipients of the covenant, to be part of the family of God, more specifically to forgive us of our own sin and to give us a, a brand new identity in Christ. And that's part of what goes on. There's, you know, why am I this way? Why are we struggling? Why do we get down? Part of it is brokenness, that we live in a broken world. Someday that will not be true. The Lord will come. He will redeem all of his creation. And we will live in the sunshine of God's constant presence and love. But for now, we've got to accept the fact that part of the reason we struggle is this general malaise 
that results from the fact that sin has reached its ugly talons into everything it means to be human. Well, that's one brokenness. The second brokenness is really about things that happen to us, things that we do. I call it episodic brokenness. We experience deep emotional wounds. Many of us are not aware of the impact that that has, but deep emotional wounds, they impact, well, certainly our emotions, but our view of God, our view of ourselves, our view of other people. Some of what's happened to us seems to have been intentional at the hands of other people. Some of it, not intentional, but yet hurt just the same. This is one of the primary focal points of Healing Care Ministries, where we want to position people to understand the degree to which these episodes, the emotional wounds, and sometimes these physical wounds have actually done us great harm. They've affected our health. They've affected what we believe. They've affected our emotions. And many times they affect our behavior in that we begin to try on our own to stifle the storm, to kill the pain, and at least numb ourselves out. And it's in this case that we need grace, but we actually need a healing grace. Yes, I believe that there are occasions when God heals us, where he heals us physically. We certainly see Jesus do this throughout the New Testament story of the Gospels. But he also can heal us emotionally, where he turns what was toxic into something that's transformational. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. There are numerous people for whom this is part of the story. This is what they would bear witness to. That their life struggled because of episodic brokenness. And once again, that's where we need grace. We need healing grace. And I don't think there's a thing wrong with us crying out to the Lord. Lord, heal me in this broken place. And if we can find someone that's willing to pray with us and to pray with authority, it's tremendously important. So let's go back to that experience of mine. It happened on November the 2nd, 2002. Lord, why? Why? Why am I like this? Why do I struggle? Why does this anxiety overcome me? Well, first, because of the brokenness of living in a world affected by sin. And also because of episodic events that have occurred in my life. Woundings. Choices by others, some of them choices by myself. And that in both cases I needed grace, but kind of a specific grace, a saving grace at one point, a healing grace at another. But but there's another piece to this. And I again have experienced this. And that is there are times in the midst of our struggle that the Lord doesn't necessarily relieve our struggle, but he asks us to receive his strength in the midst of the struggle and then use that struggle as a way of bringing glory to him 
and changing other people's lives. And I must say that I believe that has been something true of my own story. That in the midst of my struggle, I've met Jesus. And I've been able to share with people how I've met Jesus, even while I still have had to deal with a particular issue. This is very much 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, Lord, take this away from me. And Jesus says, my grace will be sufficient. It, it enables our suffering to become sacramental. And so in that case, what we need is sustaining grace. A grace that sustains us in the midst of the issue that we're facing. I have a health issue right now that I'm dealing with, and I go to the doctors, a neurologist, every so many months. And right now, I'm not receiving healing grace. But I need to be sustained by the Lord in the midst of it, and then watch the Lord use this as a way to bring him glory. And so right now, I want you to think of your own story in your own life, and you may find that there are some places of struggle in your life that are hard. Know that a bruised reed he will never break, a smoldering wick he will never, ever put out, and that he has grace for you. If this is an issue of living in a broken world, he has for you saving grace to forgive you, to give you a new identity, to wash away your sin. You may need healing grace and feel free to cry out before the Lord for healing grace of emotional or physical or relational or even spiritual wounds. And there also is the grace that sustains us in the midst of our struggle in order that in a cruciform way, God can use what we're going through to his glory and to help someone else. In all of this, let's not forget that Jesus draws close. A bruised reed, a smoldering wick, and the gentle presence of Christ always with us. (laughs) 